Ladies and gentlemen, non-binary persons, the moose out front who should have told you the park is closed. The audio performance you are about to enjoy discusses casinos and gambling. We do not recommend gambling with money you cannot afford to lose or that is needed to pay bills. If you have a gambling problem, contact your problem gambling hotline. If you do not know how to contact your problem gambling hotline, send an email to help at casinocombat.com. We will find that number for you and provide it to you. Our host's past performances are not indicative of anyone's future results, including his own. All materials presented here are based on actual facts. Names and dates are changed to protect the innocent and the guilty. Some events unrelated to outcomes may be omitted in the interest of brevity and clarity. It's me, it's TRG, the Rambling Gambler. You might have heard that I run with a dangerous crowd. We ain't too pretty, we ain't too proud. We might be laughing a bit too loud, but that never hurt no one. Welcome to episode 107 of our Casino Combat Podcast, everyone. Actually, I'll come back to the idea of laughing a bit too loud, hurting people in a little bit here when we wrap up this uh, opening monologue. But before we do that, bit of a story uh, and that tie-in, let's assume that someone new is listening for the very first time. And if you are, I want to extend to everyone listening a very special invitation. And realistically, it is an offer that could be withdrawn at any time. I would like to invite you to join an elite group of skilled gamblers. And we would like to show you how to beat the game of casino gambling. Don't run off. Don't press stop. This isn't illegal. This isn't anything shady. Members of this club don't have to hide what they know and do from the casino. Members of this elite and exclusive club openly share what they know and do with casinos, de- casino dealers and pit bosses. Much like making dinosaurs from DNA trapped in a mosquito, no one cares what we do or how we do it. It's fine. Realistically, with the right size bankroll, you can make as much money as you would like each time you go to the casino. How much would you pay to join that elite club? Wait, don't answer that yet because as a member of this club, you are going to have access to all of the knowledge and skills needed to select the best wagers in the casino, as well as how much to bet and the size bankroll needed to win consistently. Club members know when to leave a table to make sure they win consistently. Members are taught how to have the casino give them free rooms, free food, free show tickets, free tax-free imaginary money to spend and gamble with while they're in the casino. How much would you pay to join a club that gives you access to free hotel rooms in some of the nicest resorts all over the world? Hold on, don't answer that yet. Members also have access to a book of casino wisdom, key and secret information known only to our members to help them get that last little edge needed to win consistently. New members are welcome to ask existing members any questions they might have, and they are given full access to a set of videos illustrating the tools and techniques and profitable wagering systems that our group members know and use. So, remembering that this offer could be withdrawn at any time, how much would you pay to join? 
Now, similarly, clubs cost hundreds or thousands of dollars for membership. <laughs> okay, if you're a regular listener, I hope that was fun. If you're new, I hope I didn't scare you away. I hope you stuck with me. The cost of joining that very real, very, very real and very elite club of winning gamblers, the cost is your time. That's it. Just your time. Don't need any money. Just listen to the episodes of our Casino Combat podcast. Visit our website, casinocombat.com, and download the materials that other members of our club have created. Join the Casino Combat Squad Facebook group and meet other club members and ask questions. Read the answers to questions other members have asked. Follow our podcast on social media. All of those accounts are linked at the top of the website. If you want to get a jump start on understanding the club ideas, and we call them core concepts, and we spell concepts with a K, just like we spell combat with a K, but visit the Casino Combat YouTube channel and listen to the Boot Camp playlist. That will get you up to speed really fairly quickly, less than 90 minutes. If you decide to join our club, welcome. You are welcome here. As I said, the cost of admission on this offer, which I could withdraw at any time, or God could withdraw the offer because he could take me out of here. If listening, to, if you join the club, fine. And if after listening to all that I just said, you decide this is nuts and I'm out of here, and that's fine. No hard feelings. But before you do that, before you decide that I am nuts, that I am crazy, I would like you to consider, consider this. You may be right. I may be crazy, but I just might be the lunatic you're looking for. I may be wrong, but for all you know, I may be right. Every episode has a battle plan, and this episode is straightforward. I'm going to finish up this segment with a bunch of updates on what our squad have been doing in the Casino Combat Galaxy. After that, Excelsior Brigade member Same Bet is going to use a core concept segment to expand on the ideas I presented last episode for using TRG Wagering System 4 Win More, Keep More to beat the game of bubble craps. I love this. I do. I'm going to tell you about that more in a minute. Once Same Bet is finished, I'm going to share a moment of casino wisdom with you and discuss a useful technique that any winning gambler needs to understand. Finally, we will adjourn to the virtual VIP lounge and review a couple of weeks of gambling and the results for the month of January 2023. Now, with regard to Same Bet's core concept segment, there are a number of ideas that need to be highlighted here, in my opinion. I say over and over, this is our podcast, and that I'm just the voice of the podcast more often than not. But as much as anyone and anyone and everyone is willing, I really mean that. I don't know everything about gambling. I've said that. I just want to know everything. And I view this podcast as a tool for meeting other successful gamblers and sharing ideas with those gamblers. I look at it as a way for all of us to learn from each other. And Same Bet segment is an excellent example of that. You see, I developed all of my ideas and techniques, the things I talk about every episode to beat the casino around my primary game, which is blackjack. All of that technique, all those ideas, all that casino combat arsenal just happened to be able to beat several other wagers in the casino in a similar or the same way. So I come at things from a blackjack point of view. Now, same bet is very knowledgeable about the game of craps. He knows way more than I do about that game. And on his YouTube channel called Same Bet, he's interviewed a variety of experts on the game of craps, 
and obviously learned a great deal from them. As a result, he is able to apply what he knows and teach all of us a modification that, frankly, I'm not sure I would have thought of. Now, I could have shared his idea and given him credit, and I'm sure he would not have objected. But I asked him to record a segment for us. And I wasn't trying to get wasn't trying to get free content. I wasn't trying to put the work off on him. I was asking him to do all of us a favor and share with his with us in his own words his own thoughts and ideas. So that this is a platform for all of us to share with each other. And I so appreciate him taking the time to do this. As I said, as much as you all are willing, I want this to be a shared platform. I probably should say this more, but as a listener, you are welcome to record a segment and email it to me if you have ideas you want to share with the squad. Most phones have a voice recording app, and that will work just fine. You don't need to buy a microphone. You don't need to know anything fancy. Just record into your phone, and then send that recording to trg at casinocombat.com and spell combat with a K. Obviously, every idea is not going to make every episode, but I am happy to hear ideas, thoughts, concepts, trip reports. You are welcome to do those in your own words, with your own voice, and we will make this a platform for the entire squad. All right, squad news. We got some good ones here. In fact, let me kind of sort this out. Let me get my paperwork right in front of me. First up, the most important news we could almost ever have. The Excelsior Brigade has a new member, Frogman. And I'm going to give you his story in just a minute. But if you're saying Inner Circle, you mentioned that a couple times. Now you're throwing Excelsior Brigade at me. It's a game. Episode 22 explains the games, explains everything. If you want to get up to speed on that, go ahead, check that out after you finish listening to this excellent episode, of course. But let me tell you about Frogman. Let me tell you about how he became a member of our squad. So Frogman wrote to tell me, I'm a young professional recently graduated from college and preparing to go to law school. In January 2022, I made my first trip to Vegas with my girlfriend and her family for her birthday. My girlfriend and I went back a few months later for a concert, and we had another trip planned with her dad and his girlfriend for December 27th to the 30th. The night before our trip, our flight got canceled, along with thousands of others from an airline who shall not be named. (laughs) Oh, that's perfect. The reason we decided to still go was because my alma mater, he says hence the name Frogman, and the school my girlfriend is a senior at were playing for the first time ever in a college football playoff in Arizona. We had gotten tickets to the game, and we knew we still wanted to go to that, so we decided to drive to Vegas because it only added four hours more to the trip. So the next morning, off we went over 20 hours because of stops. Like I mentioned, I discovered the podcast because I wanted to be prepared. I had gambled a little before the last time I had gone to Vegas and at some work events and things like that. I understood blackjack basic strategy, but I never won anything because I would buy in with money I was willing to lose and flat bet until it was gone. Yeah, I've seen that. I've been there. I've done that. I've watched others do it. He continues, I never understood why I didn't win when I played basic strategy. I found a later episode of the podcast, liked what I heard, and started from the beginning where I was introduced to the core concepts. I've learned them by heart and started soaking everything up like a sponge to better prepare myself to gamble in the time between dinners and shows. I, I'll stop here again. You've heard me say this a zillion times. I, I have so much respect for somebody that finds an episode, listens, and then decides to put themselves through the audio torture that is the first seven or eight episodes until T-Rex and I kind of got our heads around what at least good 
adequate editing looked like. And that's no slam on T-Rex. He knows that. Anyway, Frogman continues. Like I said, I had never wanted the tables because I was flat betting. After getting a grasp of TRG Wagering System 1 and understanding bankroll, I was ready. The only problem is my girlfriend's dad had booked us at the Aria. Yes, he throws money around like that. I don't, I don't have the bankroll for the Aria. I also didn't really have time to get to other properties with our schedule, but I was eager to try out what I had learned. I did know I had a bankroll for 3-2 to two blackjack at the Aria at the lowest $25 limits if I decided to play two tables instead of the minimum three that you would normally require suggest. I played one table, hit a negative exit point, and left only to return to find the limits raised to $50. I knew I couldn't afford that, so I looked for other options. I, and he put it in quotes, strategically broke the rules by finding a virtual blackjack machine, and despite it paying 6 to 5, he says, I know, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's okay. I don't mind. Uh, he says, I decided to play because I wanted to try the wagering system. The only problem is that I blew right through the positive exit point. That resulted in my first big win, Using the day's pay conversion, I made out with $9.50. That's tremendous. And that included my loss from the first table. He says, unfortunately, I lost another $4 over the night, over that night and the next because I was pressing too hard. I didn't understand positive and negative exits well enough and wanted to repeat success that wasn't normal. That's a very, very intelligent observation. That is a very, very good observation. He says, we made our way to Phoenix and our team won the game and I won back my $4 from sports betting, meaning I finished the trip at about $9.50 profit, and that's on the dollar-a-day scale, everybody. I learned a lot and learned a lot more from the podcast on the long drive home, as well as on the flights we took to watch our team get blown out in the national championship the following week. Oh, well, you win some and you lose some, but you learn how to manage both wins and the losses. Hope you enjoy the extremely lengthy story, and yes, I did very, very much. I'm living back home in the northeast part of Texas right now, and I'm only an hour away from casinos in Louisiana that would form a local casino cluster and some My Choice properties and a Caesars property. That's a nice setup. That That's a nice setup. An hour away, four casinos that you can kind of hit all of them. Two of them are national. That's wonderful. Looking forward to continue applying what I learned from you and not repeat my Vegas mistakes. You inspired me, TRG, and you're doing a fat a fantastic job thank you for all you do and go frogs frogman yeah what do you say to that folks i mean what do you say i <laughs> thank you thank you frogman very much you are quite literally the human i did this podcast for i had an image in my mind of the people i was going to try to teach and 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 you you are the the image of that mind not in terms of anything other than smart person who listened and learned and wouldn't have would have taken you a long time to learn just like it took me a long time to learn and I got to be the cheat code and and that's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to be the cheat code. So, thank you very much Frogman. Welcome to the squad. Welcome to the Excelsior Brigade. I appreciate you so very very much for taking the time to write and play along and join. Next up, what do we have next up? Oh, getting a little less than organized here, everybody. Oh, all right. Next up. So we have a squad member. We have a squad member who wanted to explain to me how he used Casino Wisdom number 63 and planned around his promotions. This is great. So he wrote to say, greetings, Alabama Renegade here. 
piggybacking on your last podcast, I had $750 in free play at the Peppermill Casino in Reno, but I did not want to spend $450 on air flight to go get it, so I took your advice and planned around my promotions. Home city is Huntsville, with, which has direct flights to Vegas for a 175 round trip. That's nice. I wish I had that. I really wish I had that. That's wonderful. So he says, where I got comped room and food all waiting for me. They're smart, right? This is perfect. He says, I flew in on Friday and checked in for four days, then took a puddle jumper to Reno for $50 round trip on Saturday, where I also had comped rooms and food waiting for me. Free shuttle to Peppermill, check in, collect 750 free play, back to the airport on the shuttle and took another shuttle to The Row, which he explains is Three Caesars casinos connected by walkways in downtown Reno. Collected $90 in free slot play, back to the airport and switched shuttles back to the pepper mill where I crashed for the night after playing blackjack. Woke up Sunday and played some more, then took a flight back to Vegas where I continued my blackjack run. Flew back home on Friday. Great time, kept busy, and was able to play in two cities during a four-day outing. Could talk more about details of play, but I think you are done reading. <laughs> Keep up the good comment. Content. Content, not comment. Honestly, I'd have probably listened to more AR. I probably would have, if, if we're being honest. I'd, I'd have probably heard a little more there, but, uh, but that's me. What I do want to highlight, everyone is just how brilliant and casino combat and I mean I would do this in a in a heartbeat. I think this is great. Quick cheap flight to Vegas, comped rooms, then comped food, then you just fly to Reno for the night without even checking out, and then you run around Reno and collect all this free stuff and all this free money and free food and stay in a hotel there on the opposite end of the state in in uh, Nevada. And you fly back to your hotel room that's already there and waiting for you and gamble for a couple more days in Vegas. This is an excellent example of applying that casino wisdom. Well done, Alabama Renegade. Very well done. Finally, Inner Circle member, Virginia Casino player Doug, 8th to the ring, sent us a scouting report on a scouting mission to his recently opened local casino. VCPD is a patient and tactical gambler. He approaches the entire process very methodically and with an attention to detail. Honestly, there is a lot we can all learn from his journey and his patience and his approach to this process. I, I continue to be amazed and impressed uh, and am looking forward to his long-term success. Here's what he sent me. He says, hey, TRG, as you may have seen, I went to the local casino on Thursday to see what a weekday night is like. And I did. He kind of posted some about it on Instagram. Great way to keep track of our squad members is to be on Instagram with us. He says, limits on all tables were still out of my budget. My current bankroll is, and I'm just going to skip that and say redacted. And it's clear I'm going to need to get that up to more like, again, redacted. I'm determined to make this work. And I see $50 Baccarat and $100 Blackjack as real opportunities. Based on those minimums, I only need to be up three to six units to have a day's pay. Okay, that sounds reasonable to me. Three units shouldn't be that big a deal. Three units is pretty easy to do. But he continues, the $5 stadium craps, the only game my current budget can handle is always full. The area is crowded with spectators who jump in to an open spot almost before the previous player completely stands up. Yeah. What he's dealing with here, in my opinion, and once again, I haven't seen the casino and I don't know the area, 
this is just unfortunately and frustratingly new casino stuff. And this is me talking now. This has nothing to do with his letter. When my casino opened locally, limits were high and there were a lot of people who didn't know what they were doing and they were getting knocked around. And eventually a bunch of people who knew nothing about gambling decided they didn't want to do any more gambling. And there were some regulars that got found in that process that got smartened up and, and, and learned some things. But there were a lot of, of just civilians who had really no knowledge of what they were doing and eventually realized they were just losing and losing and losing and they stopped showing up. And those limits came down and those seats at things like stadium craps became more open and more available. And I think that's what VCPD will see over time. He says, I did find a slot machine that checks all the boxes for slot strategy, el numero dos. Bet ra bets ranged from $0.50 cents to $2.50 and almost every spin paid something. I never got past the $1 level and started the count over multiple times. I finally hit a small bonus and wound up with a profit. Well done. If you are not familiar with TRG slot strategy number one or TRG slot strategy el numero dos, one of those is applied to free slot play and will make you money almost every time it's used. The other applies to playing slots with your own money. That's a little choppier, but we've had some long-term success with that, and it feeds the free slot play engine to get us more free slot play. So if you're not familiar with those, go to casinocombat.com. There is a section called FRED, and you can figure that you'll see the reasons why that section is called FRED. But in the FRED section, you can download Casino Combat Slot Tactics, a free resource, an ebook I wrote, because you do not want to listen to me, in my opinion, most of you do not want to listen to me read 28 pages to you all on the same topic. But you're welcome to download the ebook, read it, and understand what slot strategy El Numero Dos is and how VCPD applied it. Getting back to his note, he's left me some personal stuff here about his personal schedule. I don't think we need that. But the one thing I did want to hit is VCPD ordered a vest. He went to casinocombat.com. He went to the TRG recommend section. He ordered the same vest with 23 pockets that I use as a casino organizational tool. He sent it to me. He had the logos put on it. And he says, last but not least, I'm loving the vest. I definitely stand a little taller and move about the casino with a real sense of purpose when I'm wearing it. Also, you did not exaggerate about the effect it has on others at the casino. I was there two to three hours Thursday night, and much of that time was spent pointing out the locations of bathrooms and ATMs and explaining that I don't really work there. Keep up the great work, VCPD. And once again, this is where my gratitude comes in. You all could have said, A, this guy's crazy. He's making this all up in his head. B, I don't need an organizational tool. And I don't care about any of this other stuff. And he's just making all this up in his head. Well, what we're finding out is, no, I'm not making it all up in my head. For whatever reason, you put that vest on and you move like you know what you're doing, possibly because, or partially, that's a better word, partially because you very much do know what you're doing. And people will gravitate towards you and ask you for help. We can talk about that a lot. In fact, we probably should talk about it a lot. But whether it's a vest or whether it's cargo pants, whether you want the attention or you don't want the attention, totems are important. Totems are important to having a winning mindset. The vest works for me. We have confirmation from VCPD that the vest works for him. You're welcome to purchase one. I think I get a penny if you buy one, so full disclosure. But uh, there is something to it. 
And it's, I found it by accident. As you know, if you've listened, I found it by accident trying to stay organized and keep my hand sanitizer where I could find it in the middle of a pandemic. But it is great to have separate confirmation from another one of our squad mates. And I appreciate all three of you taking the time to write in, taking the time to tell me what's going on with you and what you're all about so that we can share that all with the squad. And as I said earlier in this monologue, if you want to do those yourself, you're welcome to keep emailing me. I love getting them and I love sharing them. And you're also willing to record them and send them. And with a light edit, I will put your words out into the galaxy for everyone to hear your thoughts in your own words. All right. This has been a rambling opening monologue. Uh, that's certainly true. But I said I'd explain that laughing a bit too loud thing. So let me do that. It's an interesting story. I think it's an interesting story. I guess we'll find out what all of you think. I heard that lyric recently at my local casino after some things that had happened. And it was, you know, 15, 20 minutes after it had happened, I was on my way out. But uh, I kind of realized that laughing, not laughing, laughing was right on brand. And it kind of fit what it, what had happened to me. And so I wanted to share it. But I get that the rest of that doesn't exactly fit. Our squad is not a dangerous crowd. Unless you happen to manage a casino, well, then we're kind of dangerous. Mrs. TRG and Atlantic City Empress are very pretty members of our squad. And let's all be honest with each other here. No one does 100 plus hours of content claiming he beats consistent casinos consistently unless there's a bit of pride involved. That's just truth. I am often humbled that all of you listen and participate, but I am not very humble in talking about what I know. So very pretty, very proud, and only dangerous if you happen to uh, manage a casino. Enough. Here's the story. At my local casino, there is a regular who is an older gentleman. He's from Eastern Europe based on his accent. He is a high-limit blackjack player, and I don't like him. I don't like him a great deal. Now, don't get me wrong. He's a very good, very disciplined player, and by observation over years, I'm sure he wins more than he loses. I have known him for years. That's not really true. I've known of him. I've encountered him, and I didn't like him from day one, and it's none of my business, but I don't like how he treats his wife. And I'm sure it is in, very much in line with their combined age and the culture where they grew up and the culture where they met. But he orders her around. He never lets her do any gambling or anything else that looks in any way fun. She never has a drink in her hand. And I, by that I mean, I'm not saying that a person of her age should be drinking um, adult beverages. That's up to her. But like, he's always got a water. He's always got a soda. He's always got a beer. She didn't even get water. She just gets told, sit here, stand here, do this, do that. And I don't like it. And that doesn't matter. It's none of my business, as I said. And I can certainly ignore that and play. That is just uh, setting the stage, if you will. The story about the story to get to the story. So years ago, we were playing at some tables in the VIP lounge at my local casino, playing some blackjack. And I was having a drink and telling stories and all the things that I enjoy doing while playing. And he's getting more angry and more angry and more angry. And he finally says, enough, no jokes, no talking, no noise. You are too loud, wasting my time. He wasn't wrong, right? He wasn't wrong. So I was wasting his time and I was too loud. And he didn't like my jokes. So I did what I considered the polite thing. I colored up and I did my gambling away from him in another part of the casino. And since that time, 
all those all these years later, I just avoid any table where he is as a courtesy to him. Now, to be fair about this next part, it's understandable that if he would not remember me, it's also understandable that he wouldn't recognize me because during the pandemic, I dropped about 60 or 70 pounds and then added the vest and added some bling, changed my hair, cut my hair and changed my name. <laughs> we all do want to be big rock stars. Uh, and I guess that was part of it. I did cut my hair and change my name. So a few weeks ago, I go into the high limit room and he's playing and all the tables are full. And these are tables that are called no mid shoe entry. So if you're a new player, you have to wait for the shuffle to start playing. So all the tables are full and the card, cards at his table are about to be shuffled. And the dealer says, hey, do you want in? And I say, no, but thank you. I'm, I'm good. And so I wait for another player to lose and to leave a table. And I sit down and the cards are being shuffled. It's a hand shuffle. And he suddenly stands up and orders his wife to my table or the table I'm sitting at. Let's put it that way. And he's obviously angry about how things are going at the table he is at. And so as he starts to come over and as the cards are being shuffled, I look at him and I say, you don't like me. You've made that clear. You don't like playing at tables where I am. And you've made that clear. I avoid your tables to be respectful of you. Perhaps you could extend me the same respect. And he gets angry and he calls me a liar and he says he doesn't know me and he glares at his wife and orders her to tell me and she proceeds to say that he doesn't know me and he's going to play. Waitress comes by, I order a drink, we finish the shuffle part, he puts in some money, I put in some money, I'm going to try to make this work because I need to play a $100 table, this is the next part of my process. I've tried to be respectful. I've tried to be nice. I've tried to avoid the confrontation. I'm going to make this work. And I'm not going to annoy him on purpose, but I'm not going to change any more about myself to accommodate him. You see, I feel like if I've done you the courtesy of acknowledging that we have issues, and if I've been the one trying to respect those issues and not antagonize you, and you decide to antagonize me, I'm not going to come at you anymore, but I'm also not going to be considerate of what you don't like about me. You're just going to have to live with the fact that you don't like me. So my drink arrives, the game starts, the dealer asks how my day is going, and I start telling him about my day and talking about a recent overnight. Because he's like, you been anywhere lately? He knows me, right? Oh, we went here and we did this, and I'm telling some jokes. And this goes on for, I don't know, 10 minutes maybe, half a shoe. And this older gentleman looks at me and says, you need to shut up. You too loud. I'm playing. And I looked him right in the eye and I said, I educated you when you sat down. I told you you didn't like me. You should play somewhere else. You didn't listen. You didn't learn. I don't care what you like or don't like. This is my table until I'm done with it. You can stay or leave. I don't care. But don't talk to me anymore ever unless it's to apologize now his wife stands up real fast and she's taking a step toward me and i'm thinking i'm about to get either slapped or hit with a purse that would have been completely on brand for her security stepped in asked her to please sit down and our eastern european friend sulked a bit Looked at the other tables that had players playing, which meant if he left, he would need to wait. He didn't want to wait. And he eventually lost several thousand dollars and left angry with his wife. And she glared at me over her shoulder the entire way out. I finished playing. I won my money for the day. Won a little bit more than my money for the day. 
I'm walking to the cage, and you know what song is playing as I walk out. I guess I laughed a bit too loud, and I did hurt someone, but it wasn't me. And yes, this is a hero or crook moment. I feel like I tried to be a hero. I tried. I tried to do the right thing. I've been doing the right thing. I've been the hero behind the scenes. Like, I've been Batman, right? I'm just lurking in the shadows trying not to piss this guy off. I tried to be the hero. I tried to do the right thing, but he pushed, and he pushed, and the cook part of me came out, and I pushed back. I'd rather laugh with the sinners than cry with the saints. The sinners are much more fun. <laughs> all right, Guardian and the Jet have not checked in, so when the roulette ball lands, we will all sit under Same Bet's learning tree and see what he has to teach us about using TRG4, win more, keep more, on a bubble craps table. Hey, good afternoon, TRG, and uh, thanks for the invitation to sit back, have a few sips of my favorite beverage, and recap my casino adventure this past weekend. Now, my wife and I were headed up to Las Vegas in just a few weeks, so we're protective of the bankroll we have, uh, but I've also been wanting to check out TRG system number four, win more, keep more, uh, with the bubble craps machine since your last podcast dropped. We decided to take a two-hour drive to the west and visit historic Dodge City, Kansas, where gambling is in the DNA of this old western town. And we didn't want to spend money on a hotel, so it was going to be a quick in and out, then a lot of time in the car. Now, I didn't want to risk much money, but I do want to spend some time playing. So the TRG wagering systems are just what I wanted. Now, this casino, it has a real 14-foot craps table with a bouncy surface. And it also has the stadium craps games with $3 minimums. You know, the games, you see them. Uh, about 12 people can sit around these stations. It has bubble craps, roulette, blackjack, a big wheel. And you could bet on any of these games from that one console that you're sitting at. So my game plan. I really wasn't sure how long a session was going to last. So a loose plan was going to be to play three sessions of bubble craps and one session at the live table. Buy-in for the bubbles was at $30 each time. And that's, you know, 10 units, $3 a piece. And $100 on the live table. So I downloaded the wagering system to my phone, sat down and pulled out 10 small lemmers, you know, those little spacers that you use uh, to separate casino chips, and inserted my 30 bucks and I was ready to go. I put the lemmers off to my left to represent a play stack, and I took one unit and placed it directly in front of me and proceeded to make a one unit bet. And I consulted the flowchart after every win or loss to make the next bet. So I would, I would pay back my play stack as I would win, and I would just move the losses off to the side so I could keep track of where, where I was. So this machine, it was set on a 20 second timer so the dice were popped or rolled uh, about three times every minute. I'd win a few and I'd lose a few, but ultimately hit the negative exit point in this session and maybe about 30 minutes of play. So it was time to get up, check out on my wife and uh, see a few sites around the casino. There's a lot of Western art and artifacts that either belong in a museum or a Cracker Barrel. But before too long, it was time to try another session. All right, so round two. Insert my player's card, player's club card, and another 30 bucks, and I'm ready for round two. And this time it went much better. There was steady progress towards the positive exit. Now, it was in this session that I started to get a lot of sixes and eights as the point. And I decided to place the six and eight before the come out roll. And if the point were a six or eight, I'd leave that place bet up and take down the other. This effectively eliminated the six or the eight from hurting me. It also slows down the game. 
So if the point were a 4, 5, 9, or 10, I'd take down both place bets and wait for the win on a 7. Now I still lost a few of those bets, but more often than not, I'd win on those outside numbers. So I finally made it to the point where I was going to risk one unit and increase it by half on a win and walk away on a loss. Well, I lost on the first attempt and time for another break. This time I went and got a Diet Pepsi from the self-serve stand, found my wife and asked if she wanted a drink, watched her play Larry the Lobster slots for a few minutes, and then decided time to go back for my third and final round. Same story as round one, inserted the cash, played along with the flow chart, and lost to a string of come out sevens and elevens. So two losing sessions, one winning session, $90 in, $81 out. Now nobody likes a loss, but that's one that I can live with. You know, $9 for a couple of hours, that's a bargain compared to uh, some of the other losses that I've had. All right, so my adventure with Bubble Craps was over, so I went back to check on my wife, and she was still playing the lobster slots, but this time, a casino employee with a clipboard was standing beside her. I got excited because there's only one reason for this scenario. She hit a jackpot. Well, turns out there's two scenarios. She actually won a hot seat drawing and had the chance to throw cotton ball snowballs into buckets uh, worth different amounts of free play. She ended up winning $270 in tax-free imaginary bucks, which by the end of the night, she had turned into a $300 win. Now it's getting late and the real craps table just opened. So I bought in for $100 and proceeded to play the TRG number four the best that I could from memory. I didn't want to have my phone out at the table. You know, they could kind of frown on something like that. And I was making my uh, don't pass bets and won five times in five shooters. So I was at the point where I would risk $10 and go up half a unit if I lost. Well, the shooter made his point, so I colored up with a $40 profit. End of the night, playing my $10 in free slot play and cashing out all those wins and pocketing an extra $1.35. Now, I know these amounts are very small, but the idea was to play for a little fun, check out a wagering system, and see if I could do what TRG does. Well, mission accomplished. Now, I still have a few weeks before the Vegas trip, and I plan on practicing the flowcharts, or plan on practicing with the flowcharts, so that I'm not relying on them when I get to Vegas. So TRG, thanks for sharing your systems with us. I really enjoy playing this way, grinding out a win, taking a minimal loss. It works for me. Thank you. All right, all right. It was great of Same Bet to take the time to record that for us and uh, and and share his knowledge of crafts with us. I once again really appreciate doing that. And next up, we are going to have a moment of casino wisdom. Casino wisdoms combine knowledge or information about how casinos and gamblers function with an action to be taken in certain situations, and sometimes a variety of situations. Casino wisdom number 93 covers an aspect of gambling that many players, quite honestly, don't know how to deal with because it really doesn't happen to them very often. But I firmly believe that if you deploy the casino combat arsenal with a certain amount of skill and diligence, that you should know how to handle this because you should win on a fairly consistent and regular basis, at least from the point of view of a month at a time or multiple visits at a time. So this wisdom teaches us to handle our wins by making a series of small choices regarding what to do with the money. And I have suggested a variety of things, bankroll increases, saving against future losses, taxes, buying the coffee with a donation to charity, buying crypto or some shares of stock, a variety of things like that. And certainly others of you might have other things to put on the list. I probably have some other things to put on the list. And I've had conversations with several listeners about this topic over the past few months. 
And I've suggested to them that there is an, this is an area where planning what you are going to do before you need to do it is another good technique. I'm always a fan of knowing before something happens what I'm going to do. Think about it. All of my wagering systems are exactly that. They are pre-planning for any possible set of outcomes. This is what I'm going to do. This is when I'm going to leave because I've been losing. This is when I'm going to start leaving because I've been winning. This is how I'm going to handle this. This is how I'm going to handle this. I've laid it all out. I literally walk into the, my local casino and do the same thing every day. I do this, I do this, I do this. So I'm a real fan of planning before something happens what you are going to do. And this is another place where it makes a great deal of sense, in my never-so-humble opinion, to do exactly that. So let's start with an easy example that I was kicking around with one of our listeners. And that's sports betting. And that's all they were talking about with sports betting. And they're applying some uh, some of the things we talk about, bankroll management and those types of things. And they're applying that to sports betting because that's what works for them. And my suggestion was, when you have any win, because they're doing a, a kind of a vari variation or extension of TRG1, uh, the one and only, uh, it's basically just a martingale. Let's not get crazy. It's a martingale with some up-as-you-win added on to things. But the bottom line is that at some point, after they've gone six, seven, eight wagers, they're going to have a win. And I've suggested pull a third out and spend it. Pull a third out for taxes and set that aside. Leave a third in the online bankroll against future losses and to eventually increase the online bankroll so that larger bets are possible. It's a very simple plan, right? It's a very simple set of three small choices. Spend a third, tax a third, a third online. And it's probably an oversimplification. I suspect most people don't need to save a third for taxes. Inner Circle member VCPD got me thinking about this as well. He listened. He was listening to the episode where I talked about tipping your podcast host. And we talked some about buying the coffee. And he said that it had been on his mind with his casino open. He was going to increase his support of the podcast. And here's my response to that. And to any of you who are just starting. No, 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 please don't. I want VCPD and I want all of you to take any money that you thought you were going to tip me if you are just starting. Anything you thought you were going to tip me, add that to your money set aside for future losses and add that to building your bankroll. If you're starting, that's what I want you to do. Now, if you do this for three, four, five months and it's all going really great, and you'd like to help support the podcast a little bit with a very small percentage of your wins, fine. But VCPD already does so much for this podcast. He already contributes in so many ways, including a recurring monthly contribution. He does not need to increase his contribution until he is consistently doing things and, and having success. I'm fine. I always appreciate people thinking of me. Tips are always appreciated. You can PayPal me, TRG at CasinoCombat.com. You can go to Anchor.fm slash CasinoCombat. There's a support link there. I'm always grateful for those. But I don't need to be in your small decisions when you're just starting out. I do not want anybody angry that they sent me some amount of money and then they have several losing days and now they've got bankroll issues because bankroll is the most important part of all that. If you're starting out, your list should not be buy food, 
set aside for taxes, tip TRG. That's the point I'm making. That should not be your list. But let me demonstrate to you this idea of putting down a list of your small choices and how that might apply to something more advanced than just small sports betting wagers. So you might build a list that goes like this. One, spending on normal day-to-day expenses. This would be pay the electric bill or a portion of the electric bill, buy the groceries for the week, whatever those normal expenses are, right? Maybe it's a tank of gas, price of gas, maybe it's a half a tank of gas. So we might go one, spending on normal expenses, two, saving against future losses, three, buy the coffee, four, set aside for taxes, five, buy a luxury item, six, spend on normal expenses. See how I repeated that there? right? We're making a plan for what we're going to do with our wins. We're prioritizing where we're going to put our wins. Seven, buy some crypto or some stock. Eight, set aside for taxes. Nine, set aside for future losses. Ten, set aside for future losses. Eleven, spend on normal expenses. Twelve, set aside for taxes. Very structured. Do you see what I did there? I prioritized how I was going to put money aside. I prioritized the small choices I was going to make. At the beginning, I wanted to pull some money out in this fictional plan. I want to pull some money out and apply it to bills so that my life starts to get some benefit financially from what I'm doing. I made sense, I may, or made sure, I should say, I made sure that 25% was being set aside for taxes. Your tax rate may be higher and you need may need to set aside more. Your tax rate could be much lower. Heck, you could live in a place where you don't pay taxes. I don't know where everybody lives, but most self-employed people I know get advised by their tax professionals to put aside at least 25 to 30%. And that's how I've built this structure. You might want to put more tax blocks or less tax blocks into your structure. But if you Write all this down beforehand, then say your goal is to win $100 a day. So if you win $100, bucks, we just start down the list. $25 against the first four items. The next weekend, you go back again. You win $75. That's $25 against the next three items. See? A series of small choices, all mapped out and thought out ahead of time. And then all you have to do is follow the map and make the small choices. The small choices you made before you won the money. And that is also important because it is easy to go, wow, this was great. I had a home run day. This is amazing. I won a thousand dollars. I'm going to go buy a watch. And then the next day you lose 300 bucks. You got a watch and that's great. And that's value, but you don't want to pawn the watch. So this is kind of guarding against that over exuberance that can happen for some of us. Could happen to me has happened to me probably at some point in the past. So make your small choices up front. Put the things in that are priority for you. Make sure you've set the tax piece up. If you want to just basically do future losses, taxes, and spending, do future losses, taxes, and spending. Do it in a circle. If that's, But sit down and think about it first. And of course, no TRG topic would be complete without a PhD level. You should go... You could, you should, I'm not going to say you should, you could go one step further and assign percentages to each item and do the entire list with every win. So if you do that, then the first item should be taxes and the percentage should, 
and the percentage you want to hold. So perhaps your structure would look like taxes, 25% of the win. Offset future losses, 25% of the win. Buy the coffee, 3% of the win. Spending on normal expenses, 27% of the win. Saving for a future luxury item, 15%. Buy crypto or some shares of stock, 4%. Tip TRG, 1%. That's a total of 100%. So now, with a $100 win, it's easy. Half goes in a safe for taxes and future losses. $3 goes to a charity of some type. $27 goes against normal bills. $15 is set aside to buy a luxury item at some point in the future. $4 goes into some type of long-term investment. And if that sounds silly, I really don't think it is. I am not a stock professional. Do not take stock advice from a professional gambler only. But a piece of advice I would give you as a professional gambler is that you can get an app called Robinhood and uh, there's a link and a code on the website for that and I will get a share of stock and you will get a share of stock. If you use that code when you join, you will automatically get one free share of stock. And the neat thing about Robinhood is say a stock sells for $50 a share. Well, you don't pay any commissions, and I'm not doing a commercial for Robin. I'm just telling you what tools I use. You can buy a fraction of a share. You can buy $4 of a share of something, and you're not paying any fees. And then what I do, and once again, this is not brilliance on my part. This is a pretty standard thing. I buy stocks that pay dividends, and I have my Robinhood account set so that dividends are automatically reinvested in the company that paid the dividend. So if I own Apple, and I actually don't, but if I own Apple and Apple pays a dividend, then the, the money is paid to my account and my account immediately buys more Apple shares. So over time, I'm using the shares that I bought to buy more shares, which gets me more dividends, which creates kind of this investment snowball that's constantly getting bigger. If you want a starting point for that, and I am rambling at this point, VICI. They own the real estate under most of the Las Vegas Strip. And they own it with rental agreements in place where the rent increases automatically every year. And unlike a lot of other real estate, the casinos, not the owners of the real estate, pay all the maintenance and upkeep and improvements on the property. That's not the way it is in a lot of shopping malls. That's not the way it is in a lot of other real estate. In those cases, the owner pays a lot of those things. They also happen to own the real estate of several places where I gamble, including my local casino. So even when I lose at those casinos, at some level, I know I'm kind of just paying myself because I own a percentage of the land that the building sits on. And I bought those shares with winnings. And of course, this made up cart says send TRG $1, which he will use to keep the website up and running, the emails functioning, and pay for things like the podcast theme song on that topic. If we get to the end of an episode and you hear me start to wrap, so wrap up the episode and you press stop or next, if you hear me start to say tip your waist, just tip your blah, 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 and you think, okay, we're done, you are, in my opinion, missing the best part of the podcast. You are missing the theme song of our podcast, Casino Combat Blues, written by me and professionally performed and played at the end of every episode for your enjoyment. I've laid out some templates, if you will, some ideas 
you will find, I think, some real value in structuring in advance how you want to divide what you're winning, either as a percentage, as a dollar amount, a variety of ways you could use that tool, a variety of ways you could customize that. But I think there are some real useful ways to think before you go and pre-apply Casino Wisdom number 93 with a win, make a series of small choices. All right, let's adjourn to the virtual VIP lounge and review some results and make some observations. A little bit of the bubbly. Welcome to the most must-listen-to segment in Casino Lifestyle Podcasting, each and every episode, the Casino Combat Virtual VIP Lounge, and our lounge is open. Our lounge where we have the best virtual everything virtually all the time. Virtual buffet? Check. Virtual booze? Check. Virtual still and sparkling water? Check. Virtual soda and locally bottled artisanal pop? Check and check. Virtual wine and beer? Check, check, and check, because we've got a couple different kinds of virtual beer. Help yourself to virtually anything, or better, press pause, pour something, make a plate, join me in a drink, join me in a snack, and I gotta admit, it's really too early for, uh, I mean, I know it's five o'clock somewhere, but it's pretty early here, and I got a bunch of stuff to do, so... I've got unspiked orange juice and a blueberry muffin, everybody. Um, but fix a plate, pour something. The best part of VIP lounges is hanging out with friends, friends you didn't know you had, friends you just met. Uh, and I consider us all friends here, that is for sure. I got a couple weeks of gambling for you to kind of go through and pull some important stuff out of us, some interesting stuff, some random stuff. And, and so I want to go through that with you today. I want to pull some things out. You might recall that uh, when we last talked, we covered the first two weeks in January. My wife and I had just finished doing a couple different trips. We we went to Casino One. We went over to an Indigenous Peoples Casino to celebrate my birthday and kind of saw some similarities and differences there. And, uh, and it was solid. I did, did a little gambling for, for entertainment in that previous two weeks, but we, we came out of that with a nice solid profit after expenses and kind of a couple things then for the, for the rest of the month, we kind of got back to just TRG goes to his local casino. TRG makes money. TRG goes to his local casino. TRG makes money. TRG goes, it, it, it was just kind of repetitious. And I'll also tell you that. I had a lot of tier one wins. I had a lot of tier one wins where I got within 8% of my day's pay and went, okay, that's enough. In other words, I won a little bit more than a day's pay, lost a better two, did all the numbers, did all the books, added the bubble craps wins in, did all of that and went, that's close enough. I don't need to dive back in. I just need to keep repeating. I just need to rinse, repeat, rinse, repeat, rinse, repeat. I was fortunate I didn't have a lot of tier threes. In fact, I went a whole week and had one tier two, no tier threes. Excellent, excellent. The other thing that happened is, um, you know, always be casinoing, right? ABC, always be casinoing. Well, we had to go uh, a couple hours south and we had to go do that because we had to do some retirement planning for my wife and that's where retirement planning gets done. And so we did that and she said, Hey, I'm, I, I kept you so long. I'm not going to get you back in time for you to go, you know, to the local casino. Do you want to just go do some gambling in the casino here, which is a my choice? There's a my choice without a hotel two hours south of our home. 
Do you want to just go over there? Maybe we can, you know, get some free food, get something to, for dinner, make a f- you can make a few bucks, and uh, and then we'll head home from that. And I said, okay, well, sure, this is kind of a you trip. We did this because you had business to do here, but sure, we can go do that. That was actually my tier two, and it was a long grind, and it did reach the point where Mrs. TRG went, I don't see how you can keep doing this. I just don't. I just can't keep doing this. I'm going to take a break. I'm going to go walk around. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. But I understand you need to keep playing because not only are you behind, but you're trying to catch up for me now. And it was a long grind. It ended up at tier two. But the neat thing is that as she was walking around, she comes over and they had a prize wheel, some type of promotion they were going to be doing later in the week. Just, you know, big clicky wheel that you'd spin. And it had, you know, food comps and a new car and free slot play and, you know, just a variety of things. And obviously only one of those little slivers was the car. But she comes over and it's just right beside where we're playing. She goes, there's like money laying over there on the floor and I don't know what to do. And I, she goes, I don't think I should pick it up. What, what, I don't know what to do. And so I waved the pit boss over and I said, my wife tells me that right over there under that big wheel is uh, a stack of money. And it's not hers. And she knows she didn't drop it. And he goes, oh, okay. All right. And he goes over and he grabs it and he puts it in an envelope and he puts it on the little pedestal there in the middle. He comes back to me. He goes, we really appreciate your wife doing that. I'm, I'm going to, if you give me your card, I'm going to put a, a uh, food comp, a, a discretionary comp, not points. I'm going to put a discretionary food comp on your card so that the, the two of you can eat dinner. Cause I heard her saying that maybe the two of you wanted to eat dinner and you were suggesting the hot dog stand. And I'd much rather have you go to the really nice sit down restaurant, not just go to the deli and, and get a, a turkey sandwich or something. He goes, I'll put plenty of money on there for you. And so we did have a very nice comped dinner thanks to him. But the great part, the really great part about that story, the great part about a knowing what to do in the casino is that as Mrs. TRG was out roaming and I was finishing winning our money, an older lady, a much older lady comes up and she says, security told me that you found the money I dropped. And he goes, yeah, here you are, ma'am. And she goes, oh, thank you. Thank you. I've never been to a casino before. And I can't believe I dropped all that money. I didn't mean that money is for other things. Thank you so much for having it. What a great story. <laughs> what a, Just what a great story. What a great way to always be casinoing. But at the same time, I made more than the money we needed to make. They comped the the meal. And back in town, uh, I did have one tier three game. And I did have some uh, some uh, tier one games that extended into nice wins. And yeah, it was basically just a grind. It's just get the free stuff, go to the horse track, get the more free stuff, collect, collect, collect. And at some level, it's boring. But what I did want to pull out for you is uh, is, is something interesting. That, that did happen to me, and it's been on my mind a bit. I talked a while back, and maybe it's been almost a year ago, but I talked about binges and breaks. Binges being when it just seems to go your way, and you just win day after day after day after day, or visit after, you know, it could be every time for a month, and you went five times. It, it could be uh, seven times over three months, but it's just easy, and you just win. And I talked about breaks where, for a variety of reasons, you need to step back a little bit. Well, we saw that. If you remember in December, I won just a little bit of money after expenses. Just a little bit, not a lot. 
little over a day, maybe a day and a half's pay, something like that after paying the bills. And we had lots of days there that I didn't gamble. I didn't gamble because my car was wrecked. I didn't gamble because we had a plumbing problem. I didn't gamble because it was Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, the day after Christmas. We had family and it was a lot more important. Not intentionally, not because of anything bad. I just ended up taking a little break. And that's fine because I've been on some binges. If you've been listening, I've been on a heck of a run here. Well, I had to do some business uh, west of my house about an hour and a half, two hours. And I had, there's a My Choice over there without a hotel. And I had some some, uh, free table bets and free slot play there. And then up at the MGM property about an hour north, I also had a comped room and some money for a food comp and a nice free bet there. And Mrs. TRG had a day that was full from 8 o'clock in the morning until 10.30 at night. And those are good days for then me to just kind of disappear. And not, not like I didn't tell her where I was going. She was fully aware of what was going on well in advance. But I just start the route, right? I just start running that casino route. I just start exploiting the casino cluster that I have established. The casino route that I have established. So I head over. I stop and win some money at the uh, My Choice Casino, about a third of a day's pay. Didn't see any reason to go too hard at it. Didn't see any reason to dig in too deep. I got the free slot play, I made money. I got the free bets, I made money. I got to a third of a day's pay, and I moved on. I took care of the personal things that I needed to take care of over there. I head to the MGM property, uh, having checked. There's two other casinos there. Neither of them offered me enough to it for it to really be worth my time to stop in and I can fix that by stopping in and playing but didn't really have in my mind the time for that so I collect all my free stuff and enjoy my very nice comped room it's kind of a weird setup because their table limits are weird imagine if you normally played $15 units and all of a sudden the unit size was $18 and it's not that it's that much more money it just messes with your chip stack, or it does for me. Maybe you can mentally handle this. I, I can't handle the idea that I normally bet 15, and now I've got to bet 18 minimum, and I'm going to buy in for $180, but i got to have white and red in my play stack that I've got to manage so I can make the $18 bets, the $36 bets, the whatever 18 plus 9 is, the $27 bet. It's just a lot to keep those stacks straight. I've tried it, and obviously I assume you know that we are not dealing with an $18 table minimum, but I, I just I really struggle. It really slows down the game. I think if I did it regularly, I'd be able to handle it if I practiced, but I just went basically to tier 2 of my Martingale. I just skipped the first step and just did level 2 and level 3. That's just kind of the way I laid those out. And it's just kind of the way I did those. And the crazy result is that I just won and won and won and won and won and won. And then literally have a note in my in my database here in my spreadsheet that says note to self. At 623 p.m. you are plus over three days pay just for this property. I was bored, folks. I was bored. I really was. It's 6.23. I'd already eaten a comped meal. I didn't want to go upstairs and turn on the TV and watch somebody beat Bobby Flay for the next three, four hours until I was ready to wrap things up for the evening. 
So I kind of decided, having had a very good week and a very good month, that it was okay. So I went up to the room and I took half of that profit, plus the profit for the stop at the My Choice property, and I took most of the bankroll out of the vest, put it all in the safe, locked it all up, put a post-it note on the mirror to remind me to get the money out of the safe, did all of that, and went back downstairs figuring if I lost the money I was taking down, I wouldn't care. I would still have more than a day's pay for the day. And I won money, and I won money, and I lost a little, but I won it back, plus more, and then I lost a little money, and I lost a little money, and I won some more money, and some more money, and some more money, and some more money, and finished up with winning just a bunch of money. I went on for the next four hours. I went on a four-hour winning binge. That's what I did. It was no, there's no other way to describe it. There were a couple small losses there, but those were loss, losses where I just walked away and went, okay, am I going to the next level or not? No, no reason to do that. Oh, I took another small loss. Am I going to the next level, level or not? Yep, might as well do that. Oh, here I am at level three, playing black chips and having a blast in high limit and just winning. In fact, I won so much at the last tier three table that I just decided to stay at the tier three table. And I won the same amount again. Or not quite. If we're taking the notes and being literal and transparent, I finished up in high limit going on 11 o'clock at night. That's a little longer than four hours, actually, looking at the date timestamps. I won six days pay, took a break, went and looked at the fountain, had them mark my spot, and then came back and won another five days pay. It was just a flat out binge. And it was, I could do that because I was going to leave no matter what with more than my goal for the day. And then here's the other great part. I got a whole bunch of tier credits. I got a whole bunch of free tax-free imaginary money. I'm guessing my free bets are going to be a little bigger in a month or two when I go back after all that data works through the system. Tremendous, tremendous, tremendous trip. And of course... The My Choice app, we have a Casino Wisdom. If there's an app, get the app. So I get up in the morning, ordered a great room service breakfast the night before that I comped off, had a great trip, and I'm looking at the My Choice app, and I see that I have more free slot play and more free bets if I just go over to the same casino again, the My Choice casino that's on the way home that I've got to drive right by, and I won more than a third of a day's pay again. And of course, stopped at my local casino to get my uh, end of week free bet, my parking comp, play my bubble craps, record my wins. And honestly, the rest of it's just boring in the sense that it's tier one wins, tier two wins, tier three wins. There's, There's nothing actually here going on. But I'm going to tell you about the last day of the month and I'm going to tell you about it in some detail because it is part of this idea of binges and breaks. The last day of the month was a Tuesday. Tuesdays are a very slow day at my local casino. Very slow day. So what they've been doing is a promotion in which every Tuesday during the month, your play during the day, 1 p.m. to 7 p.m., so they're trying to hit weekday regulars and pull them in. These are not people that have a normal 9-to-5 job that are taking advantage of this. It's people like me and Gabriel. So I'm sorry, I didn't finish that thought. They give you drawing entries every Tuesday from 1 to 7 and some opportunities for some bonus entries. So obviously I was there a lot of Tuesdays, and on the last Tuesday of the month, from 1 o'clock to 7 o'clock, 
they draw a name and they hand out cash. They hand out hundreds of dollars in cash. And so I let Mrs. TRG know ahead of time that I was going to be a little late, potentially, that I was going to stay around for as much as of those drawings as I could, and that that's what I was going to try to do, and I was going to try to slow my day down a little bit. I was going to make good choices. I wasn't going to, you know, go crazy with things. I wasn't going to ruin the previous Thursday by messing up my Tuesday, but that I was going to draw it out a little bit. I was going to not... So here's the thing, right? When I do my normal local casino visits, I'm often in and out in an hour, an hour and a half. Every once in a while, it goes long. It goes three, four hours, but often I'm just in or out. And as I said earlier, often I'm, eh, I'm within percentage points of what I wanted to win. I'll be back tomorrow. I'm not going to take any more risk with this money. Those are all, in my mind, good decisions. So I'm headed down to the casino. I send Gabriel a text message. Are, are you are you at the casino or are you going to the casino today? And he texts me back and says, yeah, I'm going to be there about 10 or 15 minutes. And I'm thinking, perfect, me too. He goes, but I'm hoping to get in and out in about an hour. I'm not doing any drinking today. I'm just going to get my money and get out. Now, this is bass backwards. We have just done the Freaky Friday thing. Normally, Gabriel shows up around 1 o'clock. And has drinks while he plays craps until like five or six o'clock at night. And I was thinking I was going to buy him a drink and maybe we'd hang out at the bar a little bit. And then we play dice together and I picked the day that Gabriel was going to be all business to do this. <laughs> I just missed it. It just didn't work out. So I did. I had a drink. I joined Gabriel at, at the craps table, mostly just to hang out. And I'm just doing TRG4 on the don't pass. That's all I'm doing. And I make a little money on the first shooter. I make a little money on the second shooter. And damned if Gabriel doesn't grab the dice and proceed to... And he's a very good dice thrower. He is a very controlled dice thrower. You can argue with me all you want about whether dice control is real or not. I know some of you think it is. And some of you think it's garbage. And I'm not taking a position one way or another. But I am saying he has a nice, smooth, light toss it lands the same place every time practically a high percentage of the time it lands nice and soft it settles darn if he doesn't throw a point and then make the point throw a point then make the point and i'm on the don't pass so i'm losing and then he's changing the dice set and he's throwing a big red and another big red and that's great for everybody at the table but me because i'm on the don't pass and i'm getting hit again so I, I take a loss there to start things out and then go to a blackjack table and over a period of time, cover that loss, got that taken care of, in good shape that way, took a little tier one loss, took a little, little tier two loss, went and played tier three, won all of that back plus a little more. All of that is good. All of that is fine. It's still early in the afternoon. So I decide, once again, very much like the, the decision on the road trip where I didn't want to watch people beat Bobby Flay at 7 o'clock at night, I'm playing to hang out. So I moved money around, put money in places I don't normally, you know, pockets I don't normally put money in so that I would just not on autopilot pull money out that I didn't want to put at risk. But I decided that I was willing to put one more high limit buy-in at risk and that I was going to hopefully play that out for the, the next 
hour and a half, two hours, right? That was going to get me to around seven o'clock. And at 8.30, I send Mrs. TRG a text and say, I'm really sorry. I know that you expected me home by now. I'm winning. And I send her a picture of all these chips all piled up. She sends me back, well, you know what I'd say. And I'm I'm not right completely on top of my game at this point mentally. I'm, I'm binging a little bit. I'm having a good time. I'm paying attention to things in terms of not getting overly intoxicated, but I missed it. I assumed that what she was going to tell me was don't give it all back because that is something she would say. But no, she was remembering back to the mirage and the volcano and the first time we broke casino when we broke Casino Royale's blackjack game. Well, or we discovered their game was broken and took advantage of it. She sends me back a text and I hear the chirp chirp and I'm like, I'm sorry, because I'm playing by myself. I'm like, I'm sorry, I'm going to check this. And I go, oh, I thought she meant don't give it all back. She meant don't leave the hot table until until it cools off. And like the whole blackjack pit goes, yeah, that's a really smart woman. It was a real nice day, folks. I'll, I'll hold off the full results here for just a, a, a tick. But those are two great examples of at the end of a good month, deciding to protect the win but letting myself go if I got lucky and could just go, knowing that the money I was putting at risk was not going to screw up the month. And then things just went my way. Just my way. Big, big, big piles of money. I I have not cashed out chips that color on that last day of the month. I have not cashed out chips that color in a very, very, very long time. That was a lot of fun. And I will also observe correctly that about, Two months ago, I'm going to say, October or November, I went down to the same kind of drawing on a Tuesday and took a tier three loss just because I decided to hang out with Gabriel a little longer. I was at 58 days winning streak and I ruined it when it could have been 59 or 60 or more days because I had the money for the day. And then wanted to hang out with Gabriel and wanted to listen for my name in the drawing because you can't win the car from the couch. And I ended up taking a loss I didn't need to take. So here's the other side of that coin. Here's two times in a row where I went, I have won so much that I can put more at risk than I normally would and just see how it goes. And it just went. I just piled chips and piled chips and piled chips and piled chips. And I had a bunch of small decisions to make each and every time. And you know a lot of that was putting money away in the safes. Because as you might recall, I didn't win very much money in December. That means I was pulling a little money out of the safe to keep things going at various points. And then we were spending some of the wins. And so I was replenishing various things with some of this money. But it was a lot of fun. And let's get in then to the actual results for the month. Let me say all the normal stuff. Let me say that, uh, what am I supposed to say? Ah, I am supposed to say that at the end of every month, we take a look and from a core concepts point of view, because we gamble for the month, not the table or the day, I stop and I pull up the spreadsheet. I take a look at the details. I, I walk back through, much like you and I did, kind of the month. I kind of walk through the whole month and go, oh, yeah, I remember that day. Oh, I remember that. Oh, yeah, this happened. That was, yeah, that's why you lost that money. Oh, yeah, I see that. You noted here that you left a little short of a day's pay. I go through the whole thing. And obviously not some of the binge stories and that kind of stuff. But I look at it and I take a look at 
what exactly happened, and then I put it together for all of you in the $1 a day pay scale. The scale that reduces all of my winnings to a mythical fictional day's pay number that exists in my head. That is what uh, I take the time to do. And so I'm going to give you a number of dollars on that scale. And I'm going to post all of this for you in that same scale. So you can go on the website in a blog post and you can look down through the numbers. We are supposed to be, as Casino Wisdom teaches us, accountable to someone or something. And this is one way that I'm accountable. I'm accountable to myself. I'm accountable to my wife. And I'm accountable to all of you, each and every one of you. And that's why I do this. I want you to hear as accurately as possible real results. And then quite honestly, I convert it to day's pay because I don't want some of you to be jealous or to gamble at a bigger level because you think you're trying to keep up. And I don't want some of you to laugh at me that I make a big deal out of winning what are to you trivial small amounts of numbers. So that's why I do this. I'm not trying to brag. I'm not trying to impress you. I know plenty of people to do much better in a dollar amount than I do. And I know some of you would be happy to have these kinds of results and the resources to get these kinds of results. So there's kind of the ground rules. Let's dig into the results. And as I said, I will post those in the casinocombat.com website blog section for for all of for all of you okay table games and we'll break those down a bit but table games we won forty five dollars and fifty three cents on the if i earned a dollar a day scale if you recall first two weeks were fine i did a little birthday entertainment gambling and messed up some of it but still came out of two weeks with a nice profit and you can see that then after that things went on a real tear 45 dollars and 53 cents if i earned a dollar a day if there's 20 days in a month 20 20 work days in a month that's uh over two months worth of profits from tables i played 159 blackjack tables 79 of them were winning tables, 80 of them were losing tables. We're back to this nicely, very back to this 50-50 ratio. We're a little more lopsided last month, but we're back to this almost 50-50 ratio. And that's where, in reality, in terms of tables, I'm losing at the expected rate. The house has a very small advantage, and the number reflects a very small advantage if we just count number of tables, that's fine because I'm varying my unit size and on the tier two and tier three tables, I'm winning way more than I lost on the tier one tables if I lost on tier one tables. So that's more than fine. I played one craps table and I lost money on that craps table and I just told you about that because Gabriel threw the dice too well. We played 14 slot machines. I'll get to slots more in a minute, but we paid 14 slot machines. Seven were winning, seven were losing. I'll give you those results in a minute. I played bubble craps a total of 18 times. 11 were winning, seven were losing. Really nice profit from bubble craps. Not unhappy about that at all. That is a nice ratio. That's why I did the episode last week to share with you the, the kind of adjustments I've made a little bit. That's why we wanted to revisit it and have same bet talk with you today particularly if you need to build a bankroll, particularly if you are learning, particularly if you are practicing, particularly if you're trying to sort all this out, if you're trying to build a bankroll, if you don't want to be intimidated by basic strategy, if you don't want to be intimidated by other players at the craps table that want to talk crap and make your life miserable, bubble craps is an interesting way to go. 
Total of 45 days, 53 cents at table games. No thanks to Gabriel and the Craps table. We did take a dollar and 94 cents loss on slots. And some of that was Mrs. TRG's boredom. I told you 14 wins, 14 losses. We received $1 and 80 cents, $1 and 8 cents. I'm sorry, I misspoke. $1 and 8 cents in free slot play. We won 46 cents in the $1 a day scale playing that free slot play. So not a, not a winning slot play month. I'm hoping that'll pick up. Part of the math here is that the last two months, the horse track has been giving me about 25% of what I was getting. And spoiler alert, in February, that number is going back to normal for whatever reason. So free slot play was a bit off. I expect that to come back up. I expect those two categories to start to balance themselves out a little better. But we did take a bit of a loss and notice that we won just a little bit less than the 50% level that I normally expect. So, $43.80 if I round up. $43.80 won on all forms of gambling. Not too bad. Expenses, $3.23. So we had some expenses and that makes sense because I told you that we went on, I, we went on a total of three trips, two were my wife and I, we paid for hotels because they wouldn't comp us at the indigenous people's casino. They also gave us a fair amount of free stuff. So we'll see some of that play out later because they did, as I noted, give away a lot more in terms of other kinds of comps, just not room comps. So $3.23 in, in expenses. Profit and loss in cash. This is cash money won or loss after the expenses are taken out. $40.57 on the $1 a day scale after the expenses. Not bad. 20 days a week. It's the equivalent of, of two full months. If, I, if I'm going to gamble 20 days a month, that's the equivalent of two full months. That more than makes up for December being weak. As I recall, November was not weak, so... Easily, because all the way back in episode one or two, I was telling you that we were going to make things up on the comps and gifts or on the money we'd made other places if we took a cash losing month. And I don't take those very often, at least so far in, in doing this podcast, but they have happened and that's how we judge winning or losing. So this is a winning month by any stretch, but it's nice to see what all the other things were in that as well. But the point being, both November and January would have more than covered a small cash loss in December if that had happened. It would not have been a big deal. You could easily have chopped five days out of this and five days out of out of November and taken a, a, a $10 in $1 a day, taken a $10 loss and not really cared about it. In comps, we got $5.63. We got $0.43 cents in match bets, and that's because we were at Casino One. We got $1.22 in free bets, we got gifts totaling 77 cents. And here I'll acknowledge that a whole chunk of those comps are still parking comps. That's where a big chunk of those comps are. I will note again that my free bets at my local casino have been depressed November, December and January for reasons unknown. And then in February, spoiler alert, they're popping back up. And this is all the reason in my mind for doing this type of review in your personal life. 
in your gambling is seeing those trends and understanding or and maybe you say I'm rationalizing and maybe I am to a, to a bit. But the idea is let's be real. $5.63 in comps, but probably half of that is just parking comps because the parking rate is so freaking high. I'm never going to pay that on a regular basis. So it's kind of inflated the number. The lack of, of uh, free bet amounts, it's not like I've got any less free bets, but they were just 25% of what I'd been getting. Now they're back to what I used to get. So those numbers will go up next month. Gifts, also a bit depressed again this month because for whatever reason, I was not getting as many gifts at my local casino. So variety of factors there. Let's sum it all up and see what we've got. The winning, the losing, the spending... The dollar value of the free stuff, admittedly including the parking comps, into our life, $49.81 on the $1 a day scale. And now I'm going to worry about jinxing myself because then the spreadsheet gets saved. Spreadsheet gets saved. Spreadsheet gets zeroed out. And I got to go and start the whole thing all over again. And that first day of the month, first day of the month, well, you, if that first bubble craps machine, I lose just a few bucks. I'm staring at that screen going, I'm in a hole already. So we will see how this goes. But I do want to point out, without jinxing things, that February can kind of be a pivotal month here. You see, we won money after expenses March, April, May, June, July, August, September, October, November, December, December, barely, and now January. If I can finish February with a profit in cash after expenses... I will have done that for 12 months. I will have done it for one full year. Either way, it's been a heck of a 12 months. Either way, it's been a 12 months with the full casino combat arsenal in use, including the Meta Martingale, and it's generated a tremendous amount of profit. If you want to argue it wasn't consistent profit in December, okay, I'll hear that. But I'd also argue it's been so consistent up to that that there should have been plenty of resources available to make small decisions with. So there we go. Another profitable casino combat month and a cash profit casino combat month after expenses at a nice dollar amount. Please tip your waitresses, tip your bartenders, tip your dealers. If you have a host, tip your host. Remember your casino wisdoms, everyone. Don't tip away your wins. I have spoken. Everything you heard here is true from a certain point of view. In 10 years, we might find out I was wrong about all of this. It's time for leaving, and I do hope you understand I was born a rambling man. Love it, hate it, it don't matter. Please share with your family and friends. Goodbye, everyone. Thank you so very much for listening.
right down to me. 